teammates, welcome to the Journeys Through Leadership podcast. I am inspired by the 1% who raise their hand to serve and intrigued by their journeys. I created this platform to allow them a voice to share their stories. Leadership is a journey. It has no end, but it starts somewhere. And we will explore the events that shape our members during their journey through leadership. Hello again, teammates. Welcome to Episode 3 of the JTL Podcast. Yours truly, back with you again, Chief Master Sergeant Denny Richardson, New York State Command Chief. In this episode, we will branch out around the state of New York, and I'm very happy to have with us today the first sergeant from the 105th Airlift Wing in Newburgh, New York. Please join me in welcoming Senior Master Sergeant Renee Turner. Welcome, First Sergeant, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Chief, for inviting me. (laughs) My pleasure. So for all my civilian listeners out there, the First Sergeant is a very critical position um, and is one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, And the First Sergeant is responsible for all things people. Their job is people. They are responsible for the health, morale, discipline, and welfare of all their enlisted members. A First Sergeant's strengths comes from the people. I'm sure I didn't do it uh, justice in, in describing your, your duties and responsibilities, um, but um, you know, in other words, uh, it's a very, very extremely important position, and we are fortunate to have you here with us today. So um, are you ready to get started? Yes, sir. Let's All right. So, so why don't you remove the rank of First Sergeant and, uh, and tell us uh, who is Renee Turner? Sure. Uh, so I'm a wife to my supportive, great husband, Sean, of 10 years. I'm a mother to two boys, age 18 and seven. Uh, Connor is the 18-year-old, senior this year, so super excited for that. Uh, Raylan is my seven-year-old. And then I'm the oldest daughter of four to my uh, father, Larry, and mother, Davina. All right. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. Thank you for that introduction. So so why did you join the uh, Air National Guard? And uh, let's talk a little bit about your career path that, that brought you to this point as a first sergeant. Sure. So funny story as to how I uh, joined the Guard. My I'm a fourth generation service member. Uh-huh. My father was actually a member at the 105th. He was a sheet metal mechanic and tried to talk to me probably my junior, senior year and encourage me to follow, you know, in his footsteps. And I was a typical senior, teenager. I knew everything. I had my own plans. I was like, yeah, uh sounds like a great plan, but no. Um, So I went to college for a year and actually wanted to become an architect. Not an architect. Um, So fast forward two years later, and um, I changed my mind about becoming an architect, and I was a single mother. So now my need uh, changed a bit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, Dad, remember you were telling me about this guard thing? So uh, what was that about? And he was super great in not saying I told you so. So I really appreciate that. Um, but I went sat, and sat with the recruiter in 2003, uh, enlisted. So I actually started my career as a communications and navigations troop in Mm. maintenance and absolutely uh, loved that job. And I was fortunate right after tech school to get a full-time position. And we worked on the C5As, love that aircraft. And then um, though the base shortly after started going through a conversion for our aircraft from the C5 to the C17. 
So with that, we were going to have some manning changes. Um, so I was one of the younger troops to be in the office. So it's kind of like the writing was on the wall. Uh, I had to look for other opportunities, but I loved the base. I loved everything about the organization. So I wanted to stay. So there was actually a recruiting position that mm -hmm. became available. I was like, all right, let's, let's give it a try. <laughs> so I applied. <laughs> I was actually selected. Um, that was probably the toughest position for me because it took me way outside of my comfort zone. Mm. I'm an introvert by nature. <laughs> and so now I had to do the complete opposite. <laughs> um, but I absolutely loved it. And um, I, again, had to step outside of my comfort zone because I still needed to support my son. So, you know, my why kept pushing me to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I was a recruiter for three years during which time I met uh, so many great people. Mm -hmm. And being able to just hear their stories and, you know, either match them and help them to continue their family tradition mm -hmm. or meet, just meet their needs, you know, whether educational benefits or they just wanted to learn another trade or skill mm -hmm. or um, earn a little bit of extra cash, you know, <laughs> whatever it be. But I loved hearing their stories and then following them through that and watching their careers. That was um, really great. Um, and actually, side note, I just did an, an interview for a first sergeant at our base, and it was one of the guys that I recruited. And it was amazing, oh, wow. you know, because I was like, oh, he's grown up so fast, <laughs> you know. So it was really nice to see him come full circle. Right. So um, it's little things like that. So recruiting, though, is a special duty. So you really should only be there three to six years. Um, and I was like, all right, kind of keep my eye open. And there was a personnel position that was becoming available up in the force support squadron. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was in the installation personnel readiness office. So I'm like, sure, let's try it <laughs> <laughs> again. I was fortunate enough to be selected for that position. So for all those that are keeping track, I'm now in my third AFSC. Um, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's definitely saying something. Working in personnel was one of, uh, it, it was hard. It was definitely hard. Yes. But it was one of the most rewarding because I got to learn so much more about the organization and mm -hmm. how it worked at a different level. Being a maintainer, you see everything, What you know, you're looking, you're changing your lens. Mm -hmm. So um, I just got to understand and under see why certain things work the way they work. And I'm like, oh, it's all making sense. <laughs> so that actually kind of drove me to want to learn more about the organization. So I went from the IPR office um, into the HRO remote office, it's still in personnel, mm -hmm. but just working more with the full-time technicians and AGRs. Again, like broadening, once you go into that office, it's, it's a whole nother level. <laughs> and so broadening my perspective mm -hmm. a little bit more. Um, but then a position became open back in maintenance. So I was able to go back to my roots oh, wow. uh, and I was excited be, and even more so because it was for a different type of position, not uh, as a maintenance troop, but as the resource advisor and also the, um, they call it the WRDCO. That's a wing refueling documentation control officer. WRDCO is All way right. easier. Uh, don't ask me to repeat that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
so I was selected for that position, and it's absolutely great. I love it. Uh, again, it learning a whole other aspect, money. If you know how the money works in the organization, mm-hmm. you're pretty good. So I do that Monday through Friday. The whole time that I've been working up through these careers, I've held tons of additional duties, as many folks do. One of my favorite, though, was the additional duty first sergeant. And I always had to be an additional duty first sergeant because I was an AGR. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the regulation changed, making AGRs able to apply for first sergeant positions. So um, about a year ago, we, ha- we did have a position open up in maintenance for a first sergeant, but I wasn't able to put him for it because my husband is a member of maintenance. So that's a no-no, mm. uh, though he did volunteer to, to retire. <laughs> so I could put him for it. That was nice of him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to give you that out. Um, but then the wing first sergeant position opened up and I said, you know what, let's try it. And I put in, applied, and I was selected for it, um, fortunately enough. So that was back in August. So Monday through Friday, I'm the RA, WRDCO for maintenance group. <laughs> and then uh, I'm really kind of like a DSG, first sergeant. First sergeant, yeah. Yes, sir. Wow. So that's it in a nutshell. That's it in a nutshell? <laughs> Man. So, And how many years total do you have in? 18, it'll be 18 in November. So in 18 years, <laughs> you have managed to go from maintenance to a recruiter. Yes, sir. To personnel, back to maintenance. And now as a first sergeant. Yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Only in the guard. You know, that, that's phenomenal. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is great, you know. And um, I always say that, um, that, you know, in order for us to grow as mm-hmm. professionals, we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and uh, listening to your career path, you have been uncomfortable a lot. Uh, you know, so yes, that has <laughs> brought you to uh, this position of wearing that diamond and wearing it with uh, professionalism and respect. So um, thank you for your service. Not only thank for you for your service, but fourth generation. Yes, you know, sir. I got to thank your family members mm-hmm. that have come before you as well for their service. Um, you know, that's phenomenal. So, yes, sir. All right, so thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, so what excites you about being a first sergeant in the Air National Guard? So kind of going back to what I loved about recruiting, it's the people, getting to know their stories and being able to help people. So I guess uh, I do have an Italian background, so I'm like an Italian grandmother. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'll feed you, let's sit and I'll eat. And, you know, like, I just want to know your story. Just to uh, a couple days ago, I was in operations because I oversee uh, the wing staff and operations group, and I was over in ops. And one of the pilots was playing around with uh, the computer and the flight paths and stuff. And I just went over and asked him, hey, what are you doing? And it's amazing to watch an officer, you know, Mm -hmm. officer and enlisted, you know, but light up about their career field and their Mm -hmm. trade. And I love it. And I also take it as an opportunity to kind of um, watch what people are good at. And talent management, because I'll be like, oh, you would be really good at this program over here. You know, have you thought about this? Or, or you never know. You know, um, I might run into somebody that's amazing with computers and, and working with maps. And then I'm over in the, the 213th talking mm-hmm. to somebody and they're like, oh, I wish I knew a map guy. I know somebody for, you know, so you just never know. Um, but I love those opportunities and helping people. Mm-hmm. That's really Connecting the commander's intent and 
making sure that the members understand it Mm -hmm. and breaking it down. Uh, I love to train people. So just even just sharing the information and making it so that way the younger airmen can digest it and understand why they're here Mm -hmm. and how they can contribute. Wow. That's, that's phenomenal. So, so you mentioned uh, about connection and um, I'm always talking about the three C's, which is, uh, you know, character, uh, knowing yourself, uh, confidence, knowing your job, and and connection, uh, knowing your people. So it sounds like to me, as a first sergeant, you know that last C is extremely important because you have to be able to connect uh, with your members in order for you to be uh, impactful, uh, you know, in that position. So absolutely, uh, chief. I, Networking is your number one. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for that. So, so. How do you keep yourself motivated um, to continue to serve at such a high level? It is challenging at some times, <laughs> I will say, um, but caffeine does help a lot. <laughs> caffeine. Um, Are you a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts? I'm a Dunkin' Dunkin'? Fan. Oh, man, see, <laughs> yeah. this conversation just ended. I'm a Starbucks person, so no. <laughs> Um, But seriously, my goal has always been to kind of leave a, whether it be a program Mm -hmm. that I go into, leave it better than I found it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always amazing to go into a program that somebody has taken good care of it, because if they've laid a good foundation, you can just Mm -hmm. take it to the next level that much faster Mm -hmm. if you don't have to uh, clean it up. But I am a very task-oriented person, Mm -hmm. so the Air Force is great because tasks and checklists are how we live and survive. (laughs) So I'm like, yep, I'm great. Um, However, I am my own worst enemy, my biggest critic. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm, I hold myself to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. If I'm given something, I'm all in, um, kind of to a fault sometimes. And I have to, I've had to learn how to have that work life dance. I won't say balance because I don't think there's ever a balance. (laughs) Um, But kind of how to to work that and keep myself in check but a lot of times I feel it you know being Mm self-aware and I'm I'm like you know what I'm not as effective as I could be I'm feeling burnt out okay and I just have to regroup um I pray about it (laughs) I Mm -hmm. I pray for guidance (laughs) and wisdom and I'm like all right you know what I'm good, a reset, and I get back into it. But, mm-hmm. but sometimes you need to take a mental day, and yes. it's okay to do that. <laughs> yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, I heard this from a book that says uh, put your oxygen mask on first. Um, so that's extremely important when it comes to a first sergeant because we need our first sergeants at 110% um, so that you can give you know, to the, the rest of the members that you're entrusted to take care of. So uh, that's extremely important. So, and you talked about character. Um, once again, that going back to those three C's uh, and knowing yourself, uh, you know, knowing when it's time uh, for, you know, Renee Turner to say, all right, I need to take a pause mm-hmm. <laughs> and have a, a mental day, you know, uh, you know, for myself. So that's Absolutely. phenomenal. Absolutely. And feeling OK to do that. I think sometimes people are too hard on themselves. Yes. They're like, no, I can't do it. Right. Especially as you go up higher in ranks and, and then you almost feel like it's a sign of weakness. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. No, it's not. No, not 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 at all. So, you know, I I take mental pauses Mm -hmm. as well. Um, You know, my my wife and I, we love 
um, in the summertime to to go out uh, uh, on the boat. We have a pontoon boat um, out on Lake George. Oh, uh, nice. We love to go out there and have our mental pause out there on the lake. So you know, it definitely has to ha- has to happen. So so for, for all the listeners out there, you see me running around the state with a <laughs> like a chicken with my head cut off. That, that's not always the case. I make sure I take care of myself as well, because I don't want the first sergeant yelling at me. Okay. So. <laughs> all right. So. How challenging has it been uh, being a female in a male-dominated profession? So surprisingly, I don't think it's been very challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that that's one of the things that I absolutely loved about the military is that it didn't matter about my sex. Mm. It was based on my aptitude and my ability and how much effort I put into it. So again, going into... Uh, when I joined ASVAB, I studied that thing hardcore because I had been out of school for a couple of years. I got an um, ASVAB for Dummies book, and <laughs> I, I just, two, two days, just dedicated to it. And I scored high enough, so high in, like, the electronics section that I ended up in ComNav. ComNav is mainly electric uh, or electronics, frequencies, right? I knew nothing about that, but because I at least, you know, retained enough information during my study, I was able to do it. And it wasn't easy, but I stayed dedicated to it, and I studied it. When I returned back to home station, there were some females in the office already or in the shop, so that kind of probably made it Mm -hmm. a little bit easier. Um, But I think that the folks just – they. They took me in. I was more like the little sister, mm. honestly. Wow. Um, but I didn't, I guess, I didn't give a reason to question my ability as a female. Mm-hmm. Um, I held my own. And if, if I needed, if I had problems, actually, they loved me because on a C5, it was such a large jet. There were some small spaces, though. I could get right in the spaces. So, you know, I was like, perfect. <laughs> they were like, we need you to go in the radar section. I'm like, okay, crawl in there. So it was perfect. So, um, but I can honestly say I, I haven't had a challenge. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that it's, it's been an issue. Mm-hmm. And so what would you contribute that to? Um, would, it, would you contribute that to uh, because of it was the, the effort that you put in um, to everything that you did? So I don't know if that was the reason. I think that male or female, if you give it your all, mm-hmm. there's no reason for anybody to question it. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had gone in and made it like, oh, well, I can't carry that because, <laughs> you know, like it's right. too heavy, um, you know, or it, and it's funny because the guys would even be awkward because they want to like hold the door to be gentlemen. But then it's like, you know, it, it really it's it's awkward. It's awkward for the men. It's awkward for the women. It's just all around horrible. Um, so but I think that I didn't give them an excuse to blame me being a female, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes I sense. Guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, so. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, it, it sounds like to me that you, you came in and you said, all right, I'm going to earn the respect, you know, mm-hmm. of my fellow co-workers. And, and that's huge, you know, and it sounds like to me that folks 
um, have res respected you, um, not because of your gender. Um, uh, they respect you because of who you are as a person, even if you're wearing a uniform or if you're not wearing a uniform. And that's a deep level of respect mm -hmm. that we should all strive for. Absolutely. You know, it's that, that human and that personal connection uh, of level of respect. So, um, so I applaud you for that. So, Absolutely. Uh, Thank you, Chief. Uh, so what advice uh, would you give to younger members looking to follow in your footsteps? <laughs> um, so even though I did take, uh, take a lot of different routes, I didn't take the straightest path, um, know your why. That way you can stay motivated. Definitely know your why. And stay true to yourself. Don't try to be what you think they want you to be. Hmm. There have been many times where I've had conversations throughout my career where I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. And, and mm -hmm. sometimes I might need a bigger explanation uh, to see the bigger picture. And then, okay, maybe I'll change my mind. But I've always been true to myself mm -hmm. um, and my beliefs. And I don't think that you should have to change that. Um, and be comfortable with being uncomfortable, <laughs> definitely. Mm -hmm. And don't be happy just coming to work and being a medic or just a mechanic or be something great because we need that. The mm -hmm. Air Force needs more than just, you know, you, you can't just have one skill. We mm -hmm. need you to be multi-skilled yes. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. double edged sword kind of thing you know like we need we just need you to be everything yes. yep. agile. So, and agile innovated motivated Ab absolutely yeah yeah and then motivate others you know encourage others and especially uh our younger airmen that are coming in they're bringing so many good ideas so many ideas mm -hmm. and they don't shut them down don't be so quick to shut them down mm -hmm. kind of hear them out let's ex let's kind of get their thought process but again, they're new to the Air Force, so it might not work exactly how they might be giving the idea. Mm -hmm. But if you explain it, how the system works, and mm -hmm. if you, you know, then maybe you can tailor it, and we can move forward. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest thing: is know your why, stay true to yourself, and just don't be so quick to dismiss everybody uh, wow. else. Wow, that's some good advice. So um, it, it brings me back to uh, 1997 uh, when I, yeah, she's like, wow, you're that old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brings me back to 1997 when I first moved up here and, and I was having a, a little trouble um, adjusting uh, coming from Baltimore. Uh -huh. um, and my mentor, who Jerry started, um, who's still my mentor to this day, he gave me three things, uh, three, three things for advice. Uh, he said, uh, be yourself, trust your gut. And never stop building credible relationships. So, mm. advice that I still use to uh, to uh, this day. So, mm -hmm. uh, so thank you for sharing that with us. Greatly appreciate it. Um, no, thank you for those tidbits. Those are good. <laughs> so, uh, so closing comments. Um, what closing thoughts, messages uh, would you like to leave with our listeners today? Kind of just to add on the the last piece about. Um, the advice, you know, General Brown, he's charged us with acceler accelerating change or lose. And it's much more than a catchphrase. Mm -hmm. So show us what you got. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. It's a, it's a challenge to all of our airmen, enlisted officers. Mm -hmm. Bring all the ideas. 
let's bring this change. And uh, there are some challenges, especially with the, the way the programs run and just the way that it's built. But you know what? Let's, we have so many smart people in the Air mm -hmm. Force that we can figure this out and we can make it happen. And don't be afraid to, to do that. Um, but lastly, be grateful whether it's mm -hmm. to friends, family, you know, thank the people that help you to be able to do what you do, wow. especially for our folks that are guardsmen because, you know, they're doing a full-time job and then they're coming here on the weekends, and, you know, so they really have two jobs. Um, and you're, you don't do it by yourself. Mm. Somebody's watching the kids. Somebody's watching the house. If, for people that go on deployments, you know, we have a support system. So don't, forget to take the time to just say thank you. Wow. That's great. Well, I'm going to take your advice right now and say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. Um, we, we greatly appreciate um, having you. Uh, well, teammates, uh, that's a wrap. Uh, episode three is uh, in the books. Uh, so First Sergeant, once again, I want to thank you for your openness and uh, honesty today um, and providing the listeners with a, a snapshot uh, behind the, the eyes of a First Sergeant uh, in the Air National Guard. So greatly appreciate your time. Much respect to you. Thank you, Chief. I appreciate it. Teammates, another successful recording session is in the books. As always, a shout out to our engineer today, uh, Ms. Jackie Lyons, for keeping us organized um, and on schedule. Until the next JTL episode, I leave you with a quote from the GOAT of Muhammad Ali, a man who, who views the world the same at 50 as he did at 20 has wasted 30 years of his life. Be the change. Keep aiming high, teamies. Until the next time, Chief out. <laughs>